0: Welcome back everyone to the culture based podcast. We're so glad that you're here. I'm Dustin. He's Blake. It's a great day in the neighborhood with that sweater on. Isn't Ooh. It? <laughs>
1: Ooh, I see what you did there. It's a wonderful day in the neighborhood. neighborhood.
0: Would you be, no, okay. You be uh, man? Okay. Episode, episode 22. We're in part three. We reached the halfway point of this podcast series already. That happened fast. We're in the six building blocks of scalable teams. Today, we're going to tar- talk. We're not going to tart about it. We're going to talk about <laughs> attracting. And it's not the February holiday kind of attracting. It's the business kind.
1: Mm, Nami.
0: Both, are fun. both are fun. Nami, no? Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay, that's enough. Uh, <laughs> so Before we get started today, we're feeling a little goofy. Y'all got to deal yeah. with it. Before we get started today, I want to thank everybody for listening, remind you that we're here to help leaders know what they're about, show where they're going and build scalable teams to get there. Uh, We would love for you to subscribe on uh, any audio podcast platform that you're listening to this on. Leave a five star review would be great if you're watching on YouTube. Hello there. Thank you for watching. And viewing this awesome sweater from Blake uh we would love for you to hit the like button the thumbs up that's what that's called um, the like button <laughs> subscribe and then ring-a-ling-a-ling dee 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 sorry it's a Christmas song that's stuck in my head today I don't know why that's not a song it is a song I'll see you later well it's maybe bells it's not that one <laughs> That's not a Christmas talk. anyway like subscribe ring the bell all the things that youtube loves for you to do and we love for you to do we love that you're here we release a new episode every single week right here on the platform that you are listening or viewing this on uh if you want to follow us on social media we are on instagram youtube linkedin I think we even have a Facebook page. I can't remember anymore. We got all. So we got, we're everywhere. Just find us, we are at The Culture Base, B-A-S-E. We would love to connect with you there. Or if you wanna to go to theculturebase.com, you can click the strategy uh, button and we get a free 30 minute strategy session with us on any of these conversations that we're talking about on any of our episodes up to now episode 22, which brings us to today, Blake, you ready for this? hmm. Ready to get, Ready to be attracted?
1: <laughs> I don't know what that means. Ready to be attractive.
0: Listen, like you can only build the type of organization you want with people. That's a, that's a cold, hard fact. Sure, AI is great, but you need actual living, breathing souls that can pour their passion into seeing your company and grow. So how do you even begin to find these raging builders? And so the building blocks of great culture that we've been talking about, right, are uh, we start with vision right and then we went to uh culture from there those two were the foundational piece or what we call the clarity piece now we're getting into kind of the middle chunk of these building blocks so if you imagine that we're building a a building here the building blocks are now glued together in the middle by identifying who you need on the team and what that what those what the two key elements are for the glue is attracting and onboarding and so today we're going to get into attracting next week we're going to get into onboarding right but like Absolutely. An attraction. This is, I, you know, on our
1: last podcast, I kind of gave the, you know, Dustin said 10 second and then 30 minutes later, I was still talking. He cut me off very quickly, but the thing he started is- started cursing,
0: I was like, all right, we're done here. All right, okay. he's, he's using cuss words and stuff. We're done. No, I'm um, not up against it. I was just like, he's just rambling at this point. Yeah. <laughs> he's ripping.
1: That's, that's, that's awfully hurtful. Um, so anyway, the, the thing I ended saying that apparently was rambling was I said, don't be a shitty magnet. Okay. Sometimes we don't realize that attraction comes from us, right? Like, yes, people are attracted to us, but if you aren't of the right caliber, then what you get isn't either, right? Mm. So you're going to get what you are what you attract at least that's what's going to stick around so when when i hear companies say oh, our core values don't matter and they always sound like that you know like <laughs> 80 years old with a crotchety voice um they, they're oh, you know core values don't matter yes you're, you're right if it doesn't matter then that's exactly what you're going to attract is the things that you don't care about so this is where um as we get into attraction so so many companies want to go and focus on taking this level of their responsibility in their company and passing it off to some recruitment agency or to someone else. And I'm not saying that's bad, but the problem is, I've worked with a lot of these recruitment agencies and past employment, you know, working for other companies, running other companies, and I have had very little success with these. And it's because those agencies aren't meant to know you. They aren't meant to understand your culture. They aren't meant to dive into understanding the business flow of your company and how things are gonna grow long term. They don't know that stuff. And all they're looking to do is pump names and numbers your way because you're gonna get charged for that, okay? And so they're thinking if we give them 50, one will stick. And unfortunately, that's not the case one's not sticking and all the 50 you're getting from indeed from, I don't even know if Monster's a thing anymore, but all for I used to work for CareerBuilder. These, what's that?
0: I used to work for CareerBuilder.com. You remember that?
1: I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. So, but all these things, here's the thing, all 50 are in every one of them. Hmm. So the, it's basically, they look like different ponds. It's the same pond. You're fishing the same pond over and over. And the thing is, is fish aren't necessarily like, oh, look a Fisher. I want to go join his team, right? Like you want to find people who want to be a part of your team. And so you need to attract those people. You need to know how to reach those people in an authentic way that is not going to be some cognitive dissonance to your team when they join and they're like, Oh, this person's not kind and caring. Like they acted like in the, you know, the recruitment phase. Uh, they seem, you know, cold and they don't even care about us as a person. Like, so you've got to have true, authentic attraction, branding techniques, marketing, whatever, like you, it's gotta be authentic. Okay. So this is where no recruitment company is going to understand your culture and strategy. So you have to own that aspect. If you use those as tools, great but you need to filter that and understand that you're gonna be spending a ton of money on that stuff. And in fact, the HR, um, Human Resource Management Society found that the average cross cost for recruitment of an employee in the US for one person is $4,129. Okay. It's a lot of money for one person. Okay. Hmm. and The National Association of College and Employers states that the cost actually is higher. It's more like $7,600 on average. And it takes about 42 days to get someone from that attraction phase in the door and actually sticking around. So, like, to even get that process happening, you're looking at a month and a half out. Is your strategy set up for that? Or do you think, oh, we're just going to, We'll just send out something and we'll have someone hired by next week because we have a need now. We'll just have it by next week. That, those, are, those days are gone, way gone. That is not the place we are at today. So how do you attract the right people?
0: Yeah, so we've talked about uh, this concept in the last couple episodes of SLD. It's the strategy, logistics, and the distribution, and that's going to kind of be the meat of our episodes throughout here is we're going to kind of paint what the issue is. We're going to paint. We're going to talk about the building block, but then we're going to give you some real strategy, logistics, and distribution on how to implement those things immediately. And strategy. when we say strategy, Blake, we're talking about the roadmap. When we talk about logistics, we're talking about how to implement the roadmap, right? And when we're talking about distribution, we're talking about now the rubber hits the road. How do we communicate this? How do we keep it accountable within our organization? So why don't you walk us through real briefly, uh, or not briefly, take as long as you want. Here's an opportunity for you to ramble, Blake. Um, don't ramble, but <laughs> oh, give, us, give us some wisdoms, give us some sweater vibe wisdoms on the strategy of attraction. Okay. Oh, he went glasses again. Oh, it's glasses. been a couple episodes this has got a thumbnail written all over it so give me a good still shot real quick there it is i'll use one uh, of those
1: anyway thanks um (laughs) so strategy first part of strategy i think i think we want to jump right into all the meat and potatoes i'm going to take the glasses off because i I appreciate that it's distracting me um we want to jump right in but i think it's really important before you jump into any of the strategy you've got to know who you're attracting. So do you know who you are? <laughs> like, this is like the, I don't even remember what movie it was, but he's, oh, Zoolander. He's like, who am I? <laughs> and he looks into the spoon or whatever. And he's like, who am I? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I think as companies, we've got to get to the point that we know who we are. You so know, we have,
0: we have to know who we are, you're saying, as a company before we go and find the people that we want. Why, yes. why is that? Why is that important? Like-
1: because otherwise you're going to get everyone who doesn't fit. And that whole cost of spending anywhere from 4000 to 7000 per hire just in the attraction phase means that if you don't have a clarity on who you are and who you're going to attract, then you're going to be spending that as a an unnecessary expense Hmm. when instead you can start using that as an investment because you know, hey, our hit rate is on who we hire is a 96% hit rate. I would rather figure if I need five people or 10 people and I may lose one that that is that investment into that was well worth it. Yeah. So I think you've gotta know who you are and then you've gotta start setting standards for what kind of and we'll get into this more into what kind of questions you ask later in interviews have got to all build around that idea okay so you can't just know who you are and then not ask the right questions to figure out who they are and you sure as hell can't just tell them who you are okay you cannot just say hey here's our core values here's who we are do you line up with that don't ask yes or no questions like that we've talked about that in the past that's a horrible idea what you need to do is know who you are so that as you start hearing who they are in their world and in their Cosmere, you're like, oh, you're not our people you know, and, hmm. or you're like, yes, ooh, this is the kind of, this is the kind of fish I'm after. So after you kind of know who you are, then I think there's a, we can get into the like strategy of <clears throat> how to go about it. But I think first you've, you've got to know when do you hire, huh. when do you hire? right now i think a lot of people would say always we always hire but right. having stages and triggers that say hey at this point in time when our revenues here and our output is not able to equate to this you know like w- we call that a utilization uh rate like when we know our utilization rate is hitting at a certain level but all of a sudden our revenue increasing and we don't know how our labor is going to be able to reach up to that and our utilization rate of what, and for us that is what we are billing is, what we're doing is uh, our labor is lower than what we're billing, right? Mm -hmm. So we're doing more productive work. I don't want to just do more work if we're not productive at it. So how do we take our utilization rate, our productivity rate to a point where we can go and hit more. Well, we're going to need to hire and fill that bottom line in. Okay. Part of the strategy then is how long is it going to take to get them to a good utilization rate for their, for their entry level? Uh, You know, it's going to take seven weeks. Okay. So then when should you hire is when you need those, those, let's say it's five people. When you need those five people at a utilization rate, that's seven weeks away. So anytime we see our revenue or for us, well, it's labor hours. When we see our labor hours hit a certain point that we're like, oof, we don't have the labor hours existing to hit that and we're not going to be able to be productive doing so. We need to hire eight weeks out. And so it, it's, I'm not saying this is easy. That's why this is part of the strategy. But uh-huh. having game plans and triggers, maybe for you it's yeah. um, once a certain number of clients come in. You have to have a certain number of people in order to
0: hit your, right. your rate right.
1: Okay, well then your, your strategy has to have those triggers in place so that you feel good about it.
0: Yeah, it's classic thinking of future you and future us as an organization as you move ahead versus constantly being reactionary all the time. It gives you time to respond Right. Responding has a little bit more margin in it, whereas reacting is is right there in the moment. And by the time you're reacting, you're too late. You're already in the weeds. You're already behind. And so what Blake is saying is have this have have a, have a, a plan in place and have these triggers like he's talking about in place So when they go up, you know, OK, right now. We've got eight weeks or whatever that utilization is. We've got eight weeks, seven, seven weeks, whatever it is until we're gonna need those people. So let's start that now rather than getting seven or eight weeks down the road from now and really being up the creek and not being able to fill on all of the business that's coming our way, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and another part of this too is not just the triggers of when to hire, the triggers of when to make sure not to hire. Mm. So for us right now, going into Q1, you know, we're hesitant because Q1 tends to historically be a lower quarter for us. And like we're feeling it, you know, we're feeling like, man, we need more people. But at the same time, I don't see the labor hours equating in February that we need that. And then we're gonna have to shell out more cash in order to keep those people or we're gonna have to cut them. And then we've lost a lot of investment. And so if you don't think about those triggers of when to and when definitely not to, if you don't have those boundaries, you're just going to be fighting cash flow, or you're going to be fighting needing people, and you're never going to be in a place of comfort. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying you're going to be like, "Oh, this is easy street." That's, that's not probably not going to be the case. Um, but knowing your boundaries and knowing your triggers of when to when to and when not to is going to help you navigate and be more of a self-guided missile that's responding to its surroundings better. Right. But, Go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, and as we're working down these strategies, you know, th- th- we've talked about this in previous episodes before about, I think it was an episode we did called process, process, process. Like mm-hmm. these triggers and these uh, uh, items to look for and, and utilization strategies, all these things that we're talking about, they need to be documented so that when they, when it does, when the trigger does go off, you can, you can go to that process that you have written down, pull it and go, Up oh, here's our game plan. We've already prepared for this. It's responding. We're not reacting anymore. Like we're, we're ready for it.
1: Yep. So when you think of your recruitment strategy, um, and, and I, I want to say this, and this is not me trying to be braggy here, but I am an end in, in an industry that is really hard to find people. I'm in an industry that the average age is 48 to 50 something because people don't want to be in it. And our age is like 26 is the average age for our our industry. Our ability to find people, I have to this day at least, I have not had to use a recruitment agency. I have not had to use any outside source. I have not spent $1 on even marketing because we know what we're looking for. We know how to speak to who we're looking for and we know how to bring value to those people. And because of that, Uh, we, we don't have to, all we would have to do today is go out and market to our team first. We always say, Hey team, we're going to be doing a strategy here, or we're going to be doing a cultural interview here because we believe we need to hire X amount of people. I love friends of friends, love them. Like friends of friends helps get a lot closer to what you're looking for. Not perfect, but it helps you get closer. And then only other thing we do is go onto our social media, which we're commercial, we're not residential in our nature, which tends to be a lot better in social. We're, we're pretty trashy on social and that's okay. Like we're, we're more there to say, hey, we've got a Facebook, but we use it and we're just like, hey, we're hiring. And then people who know us and know our character are like, oh, I know someone who can come and join your team. Oh, I know someone who's shown interest. I know that's all we've had to do because we know what we're looking for and people know us by our brand. And so because we haven't had to do that, Um, it's great. I just want you to know it's possible. Even in a industry, you may not think it is possible. So your recruitment, are you using indeed? That's okay. Are you using these things? That's fine. But what's your plan? What's your break even for using these? Or are you just seeing it as an expense and not really paying attention to it? I think you have to have a strategy of who are we looking for? What's a good hire? And if you can't come to that, it's, it's, it's going to be a challenge. And I think we need to keep going on. We're, really hanging out in strategy, um, a couple other types of strategies that I would encourage you on though, generational strategy. I know I'm not an HR company and I'm not a lawyer. And so, um, I know the whole, like, Hey, what? You, you can't hire based off of age. And and that's good. I really don't think we should discriminate by age. I don't think we should discriminate by any other race or sexual orientation. I don't care about any of that. But my, my point is this. I think one thing that we need to look at is future and is longevity. And the average age of our industry is a certain age. We're, we're hiring a lot younger. Doesn't mean we're it mean we are not like interviewing people. Oh no, we have people who are Gen Xers. We have people who are boomers. We have people who are, you know, millennials and Gen Zs. We're not afraid of that. If it's the right person, it's the right person. And you have to have that mentality. Yeah. But longevity is an important part of it. How long is this going to go? How do we want to see this strategy go? Are we only hiring Gen Xers because you don't want to deal with the dumb millennials and Gen Zs? Is that your mentality? If it is, you have a short game ahead of you. Okay. And then you're going to be trying to find people and that you all, your only response is there's nobody out there. There are, there are, you just haven't had a strategy generationally to do this. And when you know what you're looking for, then you go into a marketing strategy and figuring out your, your roadmap for how you hire. Do we do a cultural interview? Then do we do a one-on-one interview? Then do we do a, you know, assessment type of a personal, personality assessment? Do we do a, cognitive assessment. There, there are a lot of those things that you want to be able to roadmap it because you, maybe you don't wanna, some of these personality tests cost money and -hmm. you don't wanna do that until they're like last, you know, last 10% of whoever you're gonna hire. And then you say, okay, maybe strategically. So we don't increase that 4,000 to $7,000 per person we hire. Maybe we wait till they're at this point and then release that. So there's, there's a lot there. I mean, even a reference strategy. This is one I, I feel like even my team needs to up their game on, uh, is how are we doing references? Are we calling and checking employment? Okay, great. That's, that's, that's a permission to play. But are we asking the right questions? And you may not always get good answers, but be really curious, be really hopeful with whoever you're hiring uh, or potentially hiring. And like, (laughs) this is, this sounds horrible. I, don't remember who said this recently, a friend of mine might've been Dustin even, but they said, uh, if, if their response is they're a really great person, chances are they're a crappy worker. Okay. So sometimes it's reading between the lines. Right. And maybe you don't take a full like belief, you know, everything's a grain of salt. Um, but if, if all they can say is they're a great person, like
0: maybe not. (laughs) Right. Right. It's like if you were going to go on a blind date and someone said like, but she's got a great personality. Then you're in your mind. You're going well. She's ugly. You're fat. It's one of those two. Yeah, right. <laughs> she's got a great heart. Got a great she's got heart. Got a great heart. Right. Love heart. I love it. I also think too. Just to wrap up the strategy session, you kind of alluded to this earlier with your team specifically, but I think a good referral strategy was is another good cost-effective way to going going forward. So he talked like Blake said. I love friend of a friend. Like friend of a friend is like we know if you look up marketing one hundred and one. And where the, what the number one marketing strategy is in the world and always has been and always will be, it's word of mouth. Nothing yeah. will ever top word of mouth. Word of mouth, though, carries because of your branding, right? But part of that branding is your referral strategy. And so do you have a, a plan in place for your best players on mm-hmm. your team to go recruit and refer other great players? Like they yeah. should be rewarded for that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, and you want to tell them like, we value you being out in the society and making those connections monetarily like we're going (laughs) to we're going to reward you for bringing us top talent because that's what that's that's something that is important to us around here and we want you to have ownership of who is on this team you see how just kind of all those things like it sounds like buzzwords right now but it's really all these things that we're talking about i know it sounds like we're getting into like a hiring firm but we're not because all of these things affect your culture who you let in the door and who you allow to have ownership who's already on your team are huge, huge ingredients in the ideal culture that we talked about last week. Yeah, absolutely. And
1: there are a lot of different perspectives on referrals and you know what, have, have a level of accountability, right? Like there, it doesn't have to be, well, we're gonna give $10,000 to, if you bring one person in, some people are that desperate, right? But the, what they're coming into, you gotta be able to have a good, a good environment that that person wants to stick around. So some people have, you know, qualifiers, they gotta stay for X amount of time. They've gotta, Mm -hmm. you know, be here. They gotta make it through your 90 days and, um, or your whatever probationary period. All smart. Yep. All, all really, really good ideas, Mm -hmm. but rewarding that person. Like I'm, I'm a little less into sign on bonuses. Because uh-huh. I think it's, um, for me, I just feel like they tend to be manipulating by the dollar and not by what this team is. That's just me. You, yeah. you do them great. Enjoy. But I do love the idea of referrals. I love uh-huh. the idea of, Hey, you bring someone on who you think and believe it's gonna fit our culture and they're gonna make it through the 90 days. You'll get some kind of response. I love that idea. And we haven't yeah. even taken that, you know, to heart, but we should, because uh-huh. look at that. Like 4000 to $7,000 on average per person. So if they're cutting down our time timeframe um, to get
0: to yeah. what it is that, man, You get a fraction of that. And you told me as one of your employees that if I bring someone on and they're a good fit after 90 days, I get a thousand bucks. I'm all in. You won't stop me from bringing new people. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? Like, and quality people because I want $1,000. I don't want to just bring you people to hire, like I want to bring you, and that's a, that's a core, that's a, you know, a fourth, a fraction of that $4,000 cost, that which is on the low end of what we were talking about earlier anyway. I know we're spending a ton of time, Blake, on strategy here, but I really feel like this topic. This is where the meat is for attraction. Once we roll into these logistics and distribution here to kind of round out our episode here in a minute, those are going to be things that you're going to be like, okay, well, we've spent so much time on the strategy here. Essentially, what we're doing now is hitting play. We're just pressing play. We're trusting the process and we're going through these things. And so the logistics play because we move into that. This is the how for our strategies. We went through all of these strategies: generational, marketing, interviewing, reference, referrals, all these different things. Now, we're getting into the house. We mm-hmm. talked about interview questions. Uh, we had a great episode on interview questions. It was one of my like most favorite, fun, most fun episodes we've ever done back episode 11. If you yeah. want to go listen to that. I've had episode, a lot of
1: people hit me up about that one actually. Like, yeah.
0: Hey man, we love that episode. Thanks
1: for doing that. I never even thought about this. It's, it's yeah. pretty cool.
0: It is a fun one. It's a really fun one. Uh, I would highly suggest go back and listen to episode 11 where we talk about all these different kinds of interview questions. If you're like, I don't even know what to ask, start writing down great questions. Mm-hmm. and start by listening to episode 11, because there's tons of great questions in there. But in those questions, we talked last week about hiring and firing on values. Like this is where those questions meet the road. It's not just having interesting questions for the sake of having interesting questions. And the person walks out of your interview going, wow, that was the most interesting interview I ever had, you know, or that was actually more fun than I expected to be. Yeah, those are all great compliments. But really what you're there for at the end of the day is the reason that you're asking the questions. And that's what I really love about episode 11, just to keep nailing that down for y'all as we talk about these questions saying like hey here's why we're asking this question what we're listening for specifically in the answer it's not even about the answer it's what we're listening for inside of the answer and that's where having those values as a part of your interview question it's one thing to say hey you know what blake we here at uh, abc incorporated we really believe we is greater than me what do you think about that well if you ask
1: that,
0: yeah if you ask it that way they're gonna go well of course right but we if, but if you away. ask yeah but if you ask a question that alludes to the topic of we is greater than me or whatever your your value is there then you can kind of hear their answer and you get a truer response as to what they're talking about we can get deep into that we did more of that in episode 11. but you need to go listen to that episode and and write some of those questions down and try them out but more importantly you need to work those questions into your company's values because if you hire on your core values You will succeed in ideal culture
1: yeah for sure and that that takes us as well like the how aspect of some of the strategy even goes to like the interview types that you're going to have you're going to say and and some people need 10 interviews okay like there are some positions that should have that much time and gosh i gotta remember uh, what the book was i just finished it not too long ago but it talks a lot about the number of hours that should go into this process. The number of labor hours that you have that go into finding the right person should be equivalent to whatever it is you're trying to hire for, hmm. right? So like if you're trying to hire an upper level management, this should not be a 10 hour task. It should it be a- wasn't buy back your time, was it? I don't think so. I don't think so either. No, it's uh foolproof hiring by Brad Smart. Go it's a really good one. Love it. And their whole focus is like you need like part of their whole process even in their interview is saying, Hey, we're just giving you a heads up, uh, that part of our interview and I haven't done this. Uh, I think it's brilliant. And on upper management, I think it really works, but Hey, we're going to, um, part of our hiring process is that you have to give us and contact three of your past employers and set up the call for us to have a call that we're going to just talk about you. Hmm. And that's part of their interview process. And they said that a lot of times it weeds out the people who aren't willing to do that because they only want to feed you those. And and so if they know that, they won't even go through the rest of the process Wow, and won't show up. And and that's great. It is great to get that kind of feedback. A lot of people get so frustrated. They're like, man, we sent out, you know, 10 people said they were going to show up and only four came perfect. Do you know what a blessing that is? That is such a blessing that you didn't have to go figure out that six of these people aren't going to make it. You didn't even have to spend an (laughs) ounce of energy. That's perfect. So understanding that that is not a bad thing, that sometimes that's a good thing. Um, But your interview types and seeing what fits for you, how many interviews, how many times you need to really you know, hit at something, man, there's just something here. They're not conveying to us. And how do we do that? Okay, let's get someone else. Hey, now you're going to have a interview with old Johnny. And he hops in and, you know, does another interview. And he's like, "Ah, I can't, there's something there. And all of a sudden, you know, Sheila does one and all of a sudden, there it is. She's like, oh yeah, no, he's, he's uh, definitely stolen from his company because of this and this. And you're like, oh, good. Let's not be that person then. Classic Sheila. Classic. Sheila gets it. Sheila gets it. She just sees it. Um, So that's a big one. Interview types, uh, definitely a big how.
0: Yeah, interview types, uh, reference analyzers, knowing the right questions to ask, all these different, uh, constantly reviewing and analyzing those things. Mm. Uh, Company generational analyzer. Talk about that real briefly. Just give me 30 seconds on that.
1: So really there's two different types of generational analyzers. One is a generational analyzer to know all the things in how do you attract them, Right, like how do they communicate? What do they value in lo- like how do they define loyalty? Yeah. Um, I, I yeah. wrote pretty extensively in this in my book Uncultured about this stuff because it is those things are really important to understand. Okay, I'm talking to a Gen Z. I'm talking to a millennial, and it's not like please don't be like oh, I need to talk the the verbiage. All right, bet yeah, neat. Uh, you don't need to go into all that. Be who you are but know how they communicate, what they value, those types of things. That's more of a one aspect of a generational analyzer. The other one is, what are you forecasting that you're going to need? And a understanding that our marketing is going to need to hit those types of people well. If you're like, hey, I got an idea to hit all those hip young kids, let's take an ad out in the paper. And you're like, I don't, didn't even know they still had those. They're like, oh, let's take one out in the business journal. They're not there. Let's take one out in LinkedIn. They might not be there, guys. Like, depending on who you're looking for, that might not be their platform. So if you can't forecast and understand where your marketing dollars for attraction need to go towards, don't waste them,
0: okay? Don't just be
1: like, we're marketing. Like, that's like going out into a pond, a local pond, and throwing a net out there And then just sitting there and you just pull it in and nothing's happening no nobody's even like like those fish understand what you're doing you don't even know how to use that net why are you doing this that's (laughs) that's what we tend to do with our marketing dollars for this is let's just attract anyone no
0: Hmm. yeah i would say too to close out logistics section uh, we have a video and social content for finding the right people listen your culture as you begin to make it what you want it to be as you begin to strive and move towards that ideal culture that we mentioned last week you're going to want to capture as much of that as you can because i'll I'll just brag on blake's company for a second with ridgeline like i follow their instagram and some of their stuff can be pretty boring i'm going to be honest but some of their stuff is uh a good sneak peek into the culture of their company the different get togethers that they have, the type of people, yeah. the way they talk about their people on social media is huge. You wanna work for a company that's not gonna refer to you as a number, refer to you as a name, and that they celebrate their people and their birthdays on their social media. All things like that yeah. go a super long way. If you wanna know what your strategy looks like on on social media for kind of getting yourself out there and, and and having the the world and, and the, the market, if you will, understand what kind of people you attract. That's the way to do it. You already have it around you as you're building towards this ideal culture. So you might as well go ahead and capture some of it when you can and post it takes two seconds and just be real and authentic about it. We've talked about this time and time again, but like that so many people today can smell a fake from a mile away. So don't be fake about it, just be who you are, be the company that you're trying to be, set yourself up for that and go after it. Uh, and so if you can use video and social content to your advantage there, uh, I think it'd be a huge help. Also buy Uncultured by Blake, we are on Amazon today. Oh, sweet. Thank you. Did you see that at the bottom?
1: <laughs> I did, it caught me off guard when it popped up. I was like, what's happening?
0: that's all <laughs> you mentioned it and I was like yeah we we're, we're due for a good plug all right well, let's wrap this up like real quick with some distribution on uh attraction
1: so distribution again the SLD strategy all about the roadmap logistics the hows to the strategy and distribution is communication and accountability mm-hmm. okay so think of it that way every time and every building block we get into distribution how you communicate this and the accountability to which you make sure these things happen. So first, I just, I cannot hit it hard enough. The way you brand and represent yourself and how you get onto the right platforms is so important. Mm
0: -hmm. The branding,
1: like I think sometimes we think of brand and we think of Nike and we just think that, oh, it's a logo. That's not what brand is. Brand is what you're known for. Brand is not the Nike symbol. It's when someone looks at it, what do they think? What do they feel? How do they respond? When your name pops up on someone's phone, what do they think? That's Mm, your brand. That's your brand. That's it. That's your brand. So Mr. Potential Spam, I don't like you, right? Like every time that person calls me, I'm like, Potential Spam, that's not happening. That could be a great grandma, for all I know, trying to call and get a hold of me. But it says potential spam. And all of a sudden, that brand makes me associate immediately.
0: And you just lost a huge inheritance like that. You just lost everything. (laughs) She was going to give you the farm. Now you're out of the wheel.
1: Now I'm out. So that's that. But big time branding, knowing that's, and and it keeps going back to, do you know who you are? do you know what you're known for so you you may know these are the things i stand for does your company know the things you stand for does your team know the things you stand for and then does the environment does the your customer base know what you stand for because if you aren't communicating that to those other places then you don't have the brand you think you have you have a false brand it's just fool's gold that's in your head you're missing it okay so Branded. Stamp.
0: There's nothing else to say there. I mean, you need to call out what you value, but all that's in there. Uh, That was fantastic. Bravo. Well, well said. Uh, That was attraction, folks. That is the third building block of Scalable Teams. And so next week, we're going to be back with you with the fourth building block that is also a part of the identifying blue there in the middle of these building blocks, which is onboarding. So part four next week, episode 23 in our series, six building blocks of Scalable Teams will be all about onboarding. Cannot wait to be with you then. It's going to be a great week. We can't wait to see what Blake's going to be wearing. Make sure you tune into YouTube to see. Also go buy his book, Uncultured, on Amazon today. Love y'all. Talk to you next time on the Culture Based Podcast.